It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? You found yourselves locked on Bulls. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. Up ahead on today's episode, we got to break down a crushing loss to the Portland Trailblazers from Wednesday night. 112-107 is the final. Lots to break down. We're going to get through every nook and cranny of it. That's next on a fresh Locked on Bulls. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome in to Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow that guy waving at you, Big Dave, at Bow, BAWL Sports. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. You can also hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. We're going to do some voicemails for you guys tomorrow for your Friday episode, so be sure to come back and tune in to that. Quick word to remind you all that today's episode is brought to you in part by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Yeah! (laughs) All right. Um, Big Dave, uh, tough game last night. Tough game last night. Real quick, though. um, I'm a, few chap- <laughs> I'm a few chapters into this Scotty Pippen book, and the first few like chapters are about like him growing up in Hamburg and his family life and all that. But the prologue, oh my god, the prologue! Mm. It's like f you, f you, f you, <laughs> MJ triple f you. Wow. Here's my book, dude. Wow. I I cannot wait for you to read this so we can talk about I- it. I'd love what Jeff Van, Van Gundy said. He's like, Scotty Pippen's book should have been titled, Thank You, Michael. Like, right. like dude, who are you talking, what are you yeah. talking about? Stop dude. it. Uh, although, I mean, you, you can call him crazy if you want to. If this whole thing, this whole media scorched earth tour that Scotty's been on has been about selling this book, you know, not only did yeah. I buy a copy, because duh, I bought a copy, New yeah. York Times bestseller list already. Congrats. Congrats, man. Congrats to Scotty Pippen. He got what he wanted. Get that paper. Get that paper, Scotty. (laughs) Getting that money, man. So proud of him getting his money like that, man. Hey, I hope he got what he wanted out of this, straight up. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Indeed. The Bulls did not get what they wanted last night, Mm. uh, which would have been another victory on this West Coast road trip. A lot 
went wrong in that game, particularly in the third quarter. But Big Dave, I figured we could start with some of the key sequence in that closing few minutes of the fourth quarter when the game was up for grabs after Portland fought their way back in it. Um, First and foremost, Zach Levine with the most wide open three he's ever seen misses it. And I was watching the Bulls Twitter's, you know, post-game press conference video feed that they had up. And, you know, people are like popping in with comments on the, you know, the Bulls live Twitter feed from post-game. And I could not believe the amount of people who were trashing Zach Levine for missing that three. Like, oh, man, hero ball Zach, (laughs) ISO Zach. Like, look, did Zach take a couple of questionable shots prior to that in the fourth quarter? Yes. We know this about Zach. We've been over it. We want him to get better. And I think at times he forgets that he has more help than he used to, and he doesn't need to force shots anymore. But Mm. that shot in particular, like, he was wide open, and he missed. It happens. Also, before that, he made seven threes in that game. If you're blaming Zach Levine for that loss, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, a good friend of mine, uh, my man Tone, a.k.a. Feast is Famine, shout out. He called me uh, probably an hour before uh, we did this show. And he was like, man, let me tell you my problem with Zach Levine. (laughs) He proceeded to go in on Zach Levine and that shot. And he was like, takes all these bad shots. And, you know, I can't believe he missed it. And I said, I hear what you're saying. I was like, but this is how I looked at it. I was like, he took a shot. That honestly, I thought he in his mind, he thought somebody was going to be there on him. Right. Because that's what it looked like. The way he shot that ball, it looked like he was expecting somebody to be there. So when he went up and he saw nobody was around him, that kind of altered things for him. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, snap, nobody's here. And I mean, nobody was anywhere near him at all. So I think that kind of spooked him and threw him a little bit because Zach is used to taking shots with people in his face. Because we know he's the best, and Stacey has said this, the best bad shot maker um, in the league, best tough shot maker in the league, man. That dude takes tough shots because guys are playing really good defense on him. So he's used to that. Like, we've seen him be the king of taking pump fakes and hitting three-point shots in people's faces. He did it that game. So I think that's what it was, man, honestly. Like, he was just really expecting somebody to be there. And when I said that to Tone, Tone was like, you know what? I didn't even think of it like that. You're right. <laughs> it didn't even cross my mind for it to be that way. But I'm not surprised, Matt, that Bulls fans would come on and kind of feel that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm not surprised they would come on and want to trash Zach and take him out. You know, oh, you got to break that. In the yeah, that seems like common Bulls fodder for Bulls fans. They're they're either here at the on the top of the mountain or they're way down in hell. There's there's never a middle ground, you know what I'm saying, with Bulls fans, man. But that's why y'all listen to us, because we try to keep it level right on that middle ground, guys. And he just missed a shot. Like, he missed a wide-open shot. It sucked. He missed it. He knows it. He didn't right. want to miss it. And, yeah, that that's kind of what happened. Yeah, you know, kudos for, you know, clearly some kind of miscommunication by the Blazers on that, you know, uh, out-of-bounds play. How do you leave Zach Levine that open? Because he was open. open. Um, but – Another key moment late in this fourth quarter stretch of, of, a, of a tight game, speaking of holy crap where they open and maybe some blown coverage happened, that Yusuf Nurkic dunk when he mm. and McCollum had that little, like, you know, two-man pick-and-roll game after a timeout, and the Bulls have been switching brilliantly and fighting through screens brilliantly. Their defense has been keyed in all night long, and on this crucial moment, it's it's a 
two point or no, it's a four point game, right? One hundred two to ninety eight. Um, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I can't remember who the two were, but both Bulls went with CJ, and nobody stayed with Nurk, who yeah. just rolled boop simple pass all by himself under the basket for an easy dunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to credit the Bulls defense for playing a heck of a game most of the night, but talk about some untimely defensive blunders like that one. Yeah. Absolutely true. And the reason I think I can take it easier today is because it's not common for this team to do things like that. We're more shocked at it when we see guys missing assignments and things like that. So that's why I can take it. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. That's not what I'm saying. Of course it sucks. We lost. Um, but yeah, man, it was tough. And I credit Chauncey Billups with actually saying, I have a huge human being at center. I'm going to leave him in the game a little longer than he wants because Nurkic was gassed when he came out of that game. He was gassed. He stayed in a little bit longer than he's used to because Portland usually goes with a smaller lineup in the end. But he stayed out there because he's like, but you got Derrick Jones Jr. out there. You, You can get some free points. And that's exactly what happened. In that fourth quarter, you saw them go inside and dumping inside to Nurk. So when that perimeter defense, Matt, was clamping down on Dame and clamping down on uh, uh, C.J. McCollum, that one play where they clamped down on him and he just bullet passed it inside, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to Nurkic, who was one-on-one with Derrick Jones, it was like, okay, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? You're going to give up two points right here. I credit Chauncey Billups with recognizing that and, and kind of staying with that, even though Nurkic was super gassed, but he got him an extra six points just being big and being out there, man. But yeah, if it, it's not common, it sucked, but it, it's not a common theme for this Bulls team, thankfully. It is not. Um, okay, so a few more moments from late in this game we want to get to because despite that Nurkic dunk that put the Blazers up by six, the Bulls, to their credit, scraped and clawed and actually took a one-point lead in between that moment and the end of the game. So we'll get to that as well as some of our other thoughts from earlier in the game in just a minute. But first, Big Dave, we got Thursday Night Football on deck. Uh We've got an awesome TNT doubleheader amongst a bunch Mm. of other NBA action. Mm. If our listeners out there want to maybe earn a little scratch for the weekend by betting on some games, Mm -hmm. you know where to go. You know what to do. You go to Bet Online, where they are back and they are better than ever with the brand new web interface that the start of this basketball season. More props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Mm. All right. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. First one, 50% bonus. That's amazing. How do you get it? You put in this promo code locked on. You put in the promo code locked on and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, boxing, UFC, tennis, golf, handball, whatever sports they're playing on the Ocho. All of them count. Take advantage, man. Take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Mm, 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 Sports. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> Bet online. Um, all right, so moving along. Uh, Bulls down six. At this point in the fourth quarter, I think we have started to see DeMar run out of gas a little bit. You know, DeMar was doing his thing throughout the you know majority of this game. But fourth quarter rolls around. Mind you, this is the Bulls' third game in four nights. Mm-hmm. And DeMar's coming off back-to-back games where he put up almost 40. Yeah. And he starts missing his mid-range looks that are yes. good looks that he usually makes. And you start yes. to think, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So you also got Zach maybe forcing things a little bit. And then out of nowhere, Lonzo Ball is like, I got this. Next few possessions, I got this. And makes consecutive driving layups to bring the Bulls back to within, what, two? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there thinking like, man, Lonzo Ball, not known for his strength or his efficiency finishing at the rim. But those were two big buckets from Lonzo late in that game, Dave. Big, huge buckets, Matt. It was one of the knocks that people have on Lonzo. And and I've said and you said about Lonzo is he does not look for a shot when he goes into the paint. And I talked about it when they got him in the offseason, how when he goes into the – he doesn't really have a move when he gets to the bucket – he always gets it stripped or he gets it blocked because he doesn't really have a move because he's not looking to score. He's more so looking to pass. Well, this time it was different because when he's got a running start and he's coming from end to end and it's not in the half court, Lonzo Ball's going to the bucket with some <laughs> tremendous force. And we saw that this one, man. And I liked it, Matt, because it was the recognition of when to do it. And it was that's that's what got me more than anything. Like I'm so impressed by his IQ every time I watch him. And that's why I love what Billy Donovan talked about him after that Lakers game. It was like, I trust him because Mm -hmm. his basketball IQ is extremely, extremely high. And he's really, really smart. And you saw it in in that, in those two plays because they were timely and they were definitely needed because they needed somebody else to score. So for him to recognize again, Vooch isn't there. I need a third score. Somebody has to take these reins. Let me be the one to do it. They're not going to be able to stop me because of my speed and my size if I'm running up and down the floor. And, I mean, he went full speed, Matt, twice, like you said, and scored some some pretty serious buckets. And he played great defense that entire game. That block he had on Damian Lillard, mwah, it was oh special and awesome to watch, man. But, yeah, kudos to Lonzo, Matt. He he really did do that, and uh, hopefully we see more of that. So, so after that, uh, Dame comes down, scores a bucket on the other end. Uh, then you get a three-pointer and a layup from Zach on consecutive sequences. Um, all of a sudden, the Bulls are up 107-106. Mm-hmm. Lonzo gets called for a foul on Dame. Dame makes both three throws. Blazers back up by one. And at this point, we are now under a minute left in the game. The ensuing possession is the one that a lot of Bulls fans are talking about on Twitter where mm-hmm. DeMar's got the ball on the right elbow. He's yeah. going out uh, ISO. He's got yeah. not Nasir Little on him, who, by the way, should have fouled out already. Yes. <laughs> and DeMar slips. 
regains his footing, then goes up, takes a difficult contested shot, and misses. Lots happened in that span of about four and a half seconds. Yeah. As And I didn't notice this until I saw somebody post a video of it on Twitter today. When DeMar is down after having fallen, you can see on one camera angle, Billy Donovan in the background trying to call a timeout and the ref ignoring him. So any Bulls fans who are saying, Billy, call a timeout. He tried. The ref ignored him. Yeah. And then after DeMar gathers himself again, gets up and gets that shot off, you look at the slow-mo replay, Nasir Little absolutely fouls him on the arm. As part of his foul, he is fouled. Doesn't get called, you know, and, and, you know, we know the rest of the story from there. The Bulls have one more chance, and that was Zach missing the three. Yeah, It's funny that as we are doing this just now, Dave, I got this uh, tweet from Casey Johnson across okay. my, my Twitter alerts. Last two-minute report says Nasir Little should have been called for a foul on DeRozan with 15 seconds left. <laughs> and here's and. the kicker. Tony Bradley should have been called for an offensive foul with 12 mm. seconds left. Mm. So there's the NBA officials last two minutes for you being like, yeah, that happened, but also <laughs> this. So don't blame us. Um, look, all, all that to say, I saw a lot of whining from Bulls fans on Twitter last night being oh, like, yeah, ah, the refs, even Zach Levine after the game was like, I don't want to talk about free throws. I don't want to talk about the tech I got. I'm frustrated. Right. That's not when the Bulls lost the game. The Bulls didn't lose this game because of the officiating. And if you blame them for that, then you're not paying attention. Because, well, there's a because. But first, I want to hear what you have to think about that whole sequence of that DeMar possession went horribly wrong. Uh, Well, first of all, the person who pointed that out was Stefan No. So shout out to Stefan No. Shout out to Stefan. Pointing that out, man. He's the one who pointed out Billy Donovan on the sideline calling that timeout. He put the arrow on Billy Donovan calling that timeout. So shout out to him for that. Um, that was the biggest one to me because I saw that during the game. I saw that happen during the game, like him calling that timeout. And I'm, I think it was Scott Foster who, who was just standing there next to him, like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, nah, not gonna do it. Um, yeah, and Matt, what was funny, like, I saw on the Trailblazers web on the Trailblazers uh Twitter page, you know, they, they put up a, a video of that, you know, right. Nas for playing that kind of defense. And I'm like, first of all, thanks for doing that because you slowed it down for, for me. <laughs> To show me that he really did foul this dude. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and DeMar DeRozan is not a guy who is going to take that bad of a shot. You know what I'm saying? I've only seen him do that once. Like, just miss everything. And that was the Knicks game. That's the only time I've seen him just miss everything. You know what I'm saying? When right, yeah. Shot. It's the only time. So, when you fall down and he got back up and he went up for that shot, I said foul. And I, for real, I just stopped looking at the game for a second and I put my head down because I just knew the foul was called. You know what I mean? And I'm waiting for everybody to get situated, get to the free throw line. I look back right. up and I'm like, wait, they still blame? Wait, what? Wait, what did it go? Wait, what? I was very confused. I had to rewind it on my TVR. I was like, wait, what? Did it call a foul? Wow. So yeah, that was, that was a huge play. That was a very big play. But I agree with you, Matt, as far as the whining about the officiciating. They're right. The officiating was horrifically bad. It was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. It was terrible. The Bulls also got some bad calls in their favor in that game. Correct. They absolutely did, which is why they told you about the Tony Bradley one. Because they were like, yeah, we messed that one up. But (laughs) we did it. Come on, guys. Come on. So, (laughs) but they were bad all the way around, which isn't uh, uh, to say that 
that's the reason that the Bulls lost. It didn't help or anything like that, but no, the loss is kind of on. I'm sure you're going to touch on it, so I don't even want to say it. But I'm sure, yeah, the loss is on something else that I'm sure my friend Matt Peck is going to go ahead and touch on right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, to, to your to your point about the the Blazers posting that video on Twitter, be like, hey, great job. It's like you know, it's like those idiots who are like, hey. Hey, all of the social media world, here's footage of me and my friends storming the Capitol. We got away with it. <laughs> this is our <laughs> address. <laughs> Weeks later. Wait, what do you mean there are criminal files charged against me? Um, so, <laughs> I'm speaking of things that are criminal, Dave, 10 turnovers in a single quarter. Exactly That's where the Bulls going. lost this game. Exactly well. 10 turnovers one more than the times ferris bueller was absent (laughs) 10 turnovers you can't do that and look no like and and i think like i can't remember who was asked about after the game billy or one of the players was like you know did did portland show you anything different defensively and they were like yeah "Yeah, no not really and i was like good because as i watched the game i was like i don't think like maybe they upped the intensity a little bit but they didn't change anything schematically defensively. The Bulls just stopped executing their offense, like mindless passes to nowhere and nobody that were unforced errors, like a bad travel, a bad step out of bounds, like all these turnovers that you're like, where are these coming from? Because the Bulls were one of the best teams in the league coming into that game last night when it came to protecting the basketball. It's one of the biggest things that AK and Eversley tried to correct when they completely overhauled this roster because they were one of the worst turnover-prone teams in the league last season. Mm-hmm. They're averaging 13.5 turnovers per game, and they commit 10 in a single quarter? Yeah, I'm sorry. If you do that, you have no business blaming the refs for your fate in that game. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I I, I agree. And again, why I can sit here and smile is because I know this isn't common. <laughs> this isn't what the Bulls do. Right. Yeah. And I know that's what they do, but they did it. We saw and we watched it. Mark K uh, actually broke it down. Uh, everybody who actually made each turnover. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. So shout out to him for that great breakdown right there. But, yeah, and they were bad. Like, they were just bad passing. It was, it was very confusing, you know what I mean? Like, wow, I'm not used to seeing the Bulls kind of play like this, you know, just kind of all over the place and just, oh, just tossing the ball around. And, yeah, just in that third quarter, it just seemed to kind of slip away for them, you know, because of that reasoning. And what's wild is they still had a shot to win this game. Even after all that said and done, they still had a shot to win this game. But, yeah, man, I don't know what to uh, 
attribute it to. Maybe the Bulls just ran out of gas because of this ridiculously long West Coast trip or something like that. Um, maybe they the personnel on the floor just wasn't matching together. because uh, you know, I, I equate everything to Vooch when I sit when I sit and look at certain things, man. I mm-hmm. really do. I uh, Vooch would have helped there. Uh, Vooch would have helped that. Uh, Vooch would have helped that. And even watching that third quarter, I'm like certain ball movements and certain plays wouldn't even occurred if you just giving it to Vooch because he's like, okay, I'll I'll take it. You know, give me the ball. I'll put it in the bucket or right. give me the ball. We can run it through me and things like that. So I kind of equate everything to Vooch. And I also equate it to maybe some of those Bulls players maybe playing four instead of playing five because of Tony Bradley's hands and him not being able to, you know, hold on to the secure to the ball. So maybe there wasn't a trust uh, going on with the Bulls that we've seen them have all season long. You know, they had, they have, there's a trust there when they pass the ball to their guys and everything like that. I think with Tony Bradley missing some of those passes, that takes away some of the trust uh, that the Bulls had. Even that alley-oop he had, he <laughs> that he almost I don't it, think it, that counts as an alley-oop. Like he yeah. scored, but he, it just took a, it just took a very lucky bounce. Yeah, it did. It took a very, very, very lucky bounce, and thankfully so. But honestly, I, some of that, I think that's what it is, man. And, I mean, you, it's something we just got to deal with until Vooch gets back. And that's why I think that's another reason why I'm like, yeah, Vooch is, Vooch is coming back. It's okay. And, again, right. Tony, and Tony Bradley, real quick, y'all got to stop getting on Tony Bradley so hard. And as far as calling him Trey, yeah. we we know what Tony Bradley is, guys. He's right. a backup center for the Chicago Bulls. We get it. Yeah. I understand. But my God, I, y'all are like, man, this dude is the worst player in the history. He is Felicio. Get him <laughs> off our team. And I'm like, relax, dude. Relax. Yeah. He's a backup center and he's playing like a backup center. Right. So I, that saying? was. I think that was my favorite Mark K tweet of last night. It was like, I can't believe this needs to be said to you Bulls fans freaking out. But like, yeah, Tony Bradley's a backup center. <laughs> Matter of fact, he's like a bargain barrel backup center yeah, that the dude. Bulls kind of had to settle for. And, oh, gee, he's not as useful as a multi-time all-star center who's at home recovering from COVID. Man, but, dude. again... And that leads me to this, you know, and then we can get back to, I do want to mention a couple of other highlights. You know, you mentioned some of the, the good things we saw in this game, but sure. the, the fact that Bulls fans are also, after every loss, whether it was the blowout to Warriors or a tough loss like this to Portland, it's like, dude, we talked about this previewing the game. Blazers, 6-1 and one at home. Mm-hmm. Second best offensive rated team mm-hmm. in the league when they play on their home floor. It's mm-hmm. not like... You know, Dame and CJ were one of 10 at halftime, and kudos to the Bulls' defense. Do you think they were going to finish two for 20? Because I didn't. Mm-mm. You got to give the Blazers the respect of a team that's going to go out there and push you, and you got to respond to it. They didn't. But the stuff about Bulls fans being like, oh, my God, Tony Bradley sucks. Vooch, like, he's not even that great when he comes back. Let's go get DeMarcus Cousins. And I'm like, <laughs> what, the f- I'm what? Like, what, the- what the fuck are you people talking about? DeMarcus Cousins, who played, what, all of, like, 25 games combined for the Clippers and Rockets last year and looked horrible doing it? The guy who's been sitting on his couch who did not participate in anybody's training camp this summer? No. That guy is going to come in and fix everything as opposed to just waiting for Vooch to come back? Wait, dude. Like, What is wrong with you people? And keep, please remember, when Vooch was here, they still were like, get him out of here. Right. <laughs> He's trash. Get him out of here. And then Tony Bradley, get him out of here. 
it's not how it works, guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got an all-star center. He's not here. You got a backup center that you're dealing with that you actually was part of you winning two huge games on this road trip. And you still got one more game to go against the Denver Nuggets against the MVP who just so happens to be a center. So you're going to need a big man. You can't just keep putting Derrick Jones Jr. out there. The man had four fouls fouls in the first half. There's a reason for that. And then a very quick fifth in the the third quarter. Quick fifth. I mean, quick, fast, and a hurry fifth, Matt. My goodness. There is a reason that that took place, man, because Tony Bradley has to be out there to compete with these huge human beings. You have to play your huge human beings. Remember I said, Matt, that it might that this felt like a trap game and it just seemed that way. It just really felt like a trap game to me. This is kind of what I meant. As Matt said, like this team, you know, was six and one at home coming into this. And they came in with a full roster. Like Dame Lillard hadn't played in a while in a few games because of the injury and everything, right? They played with an actual full roster tonight. Bulls ain't playing with a full roster yet, guys. That is not. They don't have a full roster out there. You ain't got your boots. And you ain't got Patrick Williams. There's a Kobe. there's a Park District Orange kid, Orange team kid out there disguised as Kobe White. Like, yeah. oh know. my god, Kobe White! Please stop sending me tweets about trade Kobe. White. It's two games. They're like, I've seen enough. He ain't got it. This is the worst. This game, the man ain't played basketball all summer. He ain't played basketball. He's been hurt rehabbing a shoulder. You need your shoulders to shoot. You need your shoulders to play basketball. He went rehabbing. Give the man some time. My goodness. They were like, man, he can't be passing up shots like that. He hasn't played. Relax. Let him get reacclimated. Let him get reacquainted. We talked about this on this show, how it was going to take some time for him to get back to being Kobe White. I said, because when I thought he'd be back in December, I was like, oh, we won't see Kobe White be Kobe White till like January. Well, now he's here in November. Mid-December, you might see Kobe White looking like Kobe White. You know what I'm saying? I Hopefully it happens earlier, but I'm just being for real with you. Like, it's going to take time for that right. guy. And, Matt, he's also coming in in a new role, in a new system, doing something brand new with new teammates, new players, new responsibilities. He hasn't had any of this yet. There's no training camp for Kobe White. There was no preseason for Kobe White. He's getting all of that now. So it takes a second for him to figure it out. I'm giving kudos to Kobe White for not looking lost out there on the floor, for actually for not forcing up shots, for actually playing defense and doing things like that. I'm giving him love for doing the small stuff. The shots will come, guys. Stop trying to trade a dude after two games. My God. (laughs) I I don't know about you, Dave, but I think a large part of me forgot how reactionary this fan base can be when the bulls are in it when the bulls are relevant when the yeah. bulls when we expect when we turn on our TVs and expect to see them win yeah it's yeah. so reactionary a 10 game shooting slump from Vooch and it's like get rid of him giant mistake of a trade god i miss Wendell Carter Jr. Kobe White <laughs> not even two like you said two games two his games. first two games back when he's on a minutes restriction still getting his <laughs> legs under him trying to figure out where he fits in this brand new team. He's looking around. He's like, I don't recognize any of these guys except Zach. Who the hell are these guys? <laughs> Two games. And Bullstra is like, ah, no, I, I'm just, you know, I don't see it with Kobe. He ain't it. And look, I'm not saying I am convinced that Kobe will be a part of this long term. He may not be. And that may, may end be. up being for the best, best case scenario. We'll see. But 
demanding that the Bulls start talking about trading to get a center or a power forward and using Kobe as bait now because you decided through two games that he's no good anymore is ludicrous. It's like Bulls fans went from being a family of eight that were all living in like a rusted out day woo to a family that won the lottery and are like, oh, my Mercedes is dirty. I'll just go buy a new one. Like, <laughs> again, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> that man said a rusted out day woo. Damn. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, times was hard. All right. So now this is new money. And Bulls fans, like, we don't know how to act with new money right now. But what you do with new money is the same thing you did with old money. You save it and you spend it when necessary. It's the same maneuvers, guys. I know it's brand new, but chill, man. Let Kobe get acclimated. Let Tony Bradley. I'm telling you, Tony Bradley is going to be important to this team as the season goes on. It's going to be important. On those moments when Vooch gets those three fouls early and you still got a center to deal with, you're going to have to bring in Tony Bradley. And that's, listen, you know when you saw Tony Bradley being at his best, Matt, was when he was coming off the bench and he was annoying guys. And, mm-hmm. and people were like, man, Tony Bradley, look at him, man. Look at, using those arms and blocking shots and doing stuff. That's solid. As soon as he got into the starting lineup, you were like, wait a minute. He's not right. What are we, what's going on? Yeah, because he's not a starting center. That's Yes, exactly right. right. He's good in spurts and good in minutes off the bench. He is going to be vitally important to this team, guys. Stick with him. Just let him go through this. This is going to help him. This is why I love Billy Donovan too, Matt. He's, you don't hear him talking bad about Tony Bradley. You don't see him just taking Tony Bradley for no bad read. Like, you missed a shot, get out the game. You know what I'm saying? No, he's like, no, the matchup ain't working. Now, now I'm going to go with this. It's basketball reasons. You know what I'm right. saying? It's not just like, oh, man, you're the turnover. Get out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's nothing like that. He understands this is a long, long, long season, man, and you're going to need all the help you can get. Truly. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing about Tony – He's clearly been playing better in the second half compared to the first half since he came. And it's like, maybe it's because he's tricked himself into thinking at the beginning of the second half, it's like, oh, the game's already started. I'm coming off the bench. I'm still playing my same role (laughs) as a bench guy. It's when, like, he's on the floor when that ball goes up for the opening tip where he's like, where am I? What do I do? The second half comes around. He's like, oh, the game's already started. I'm I'm, I'm still a bench player. Here we go. All right. I know how to play basketball. Um, Yeah, it's been weird. You know, but again, hopefully – we only have to make it through another handful of games, Couple more hopefully games. a small handful, before Vooch is back. Um, I did want to highlight Alex Caruso um, because I think, you know, in addition to Zach having a night where he hit seven threes and some of the things that we saw from Lonzo with some big clutch buckets late, that to me, the game that Caruso had was maybe the best takeaway of uh, a bad loss, a frustrating loss. Mm-hmm. Every game i watched that guy i can't believe the lakers let him go and i am so Mm. happy they did i mean Mm. he had a one assist shy triple double last night and like i think a combined four blocks and steals and he just he makes he's it seems like he's always in the right place at the right time other than the fact that he was i think one of four one of five from downtown last night you hope he makes at least a couple of them you cannot pick at anything that Alex Caruso did in that game. He is so valuable to this team. Extremely valuable, man. You know what's funny? Um, my brother, who is honestly one of the brightest basketball minds I, I know, about both of my brothers are, honestly, 
my brother was like, dude, Alex Caruso cannot play 38 minutes. He should not be on the floor playing 38 minutes. And I said, bro, Vooch is not there. (laughs) Like, that's the reason Alex Caruso has to play that. And I want Caruso in there, you know what I'm saying, for that long. When if I don't have uh, uh, Vooch in there, Caruso, yeah, you go get the 6'5 dude who's irritating, who can actually get hot from the three-point line and bring the ball up and do all the little things. You saw the stuff he was doing in the first quarter, Matt, when he was getting – he got like back-to-back offensive rebounds. Stole them. Mm-hmm. Just stole them from guys and got and one of them. He had that no look baseline pass to oh, Demar for the up oh and Oh my under. god, Gorgeous. that was so yeah. When Demar, yeah, he did the reverse. That yes, it was beautiful, man. No, he's got to play. I understand the energy and the spark that he brings off the bench, and you'll see that again when Vooch returns. <laughs> again, everything comes back to Vooch, guys. Everything comes back to Vooch. But yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Though, man, he has been awesome. He has been amazing for this team. The IQ that he shows on the floor is heavy. And, I mean, he had C.J. McCollum in hell. I mm-hmm. mean, that dude – and I talked about it on the last show. Like, who was going to guard C.J. McCollum? Who was going to be the one? Well, it was Alec Caruso, and oh, my God. <laughs> like, he put yeah. that man in the clamps. McCollum the didn't reason- make a buck like, – uh, or didn't make a, like, you know, game-impacting bucket until late where I think the he had like a little banker, like fadeaway, like 15-footer that was like yeah. a big bucket. But yeah, he, he was shut down, down pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right, but he was shut down pretty much all night. He was, yeah. And that one, that offensive rebound, he went and he went up and under on that one. That was big mm-hmm. too, but you're right. That was in the fourth quarter. And again, that was when Caruso was gassed because he played like 38 minutes. Right, yeah. And he played 38 minutes because he had to. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a there's a reason for it. It's not like they're just going with it like the old Bulls regime would just go right. with stuff just to go with stuff because they like those players and stuff. No, no, no. This was scheme-oriented. This was, I don't have my best big man out there, so let me get my best defender out there. You know what I'm saying? I have to right. compensate with something. My starting power forward, Patrick Williams isn't out there. Let me go ahead and put this dude out here then, man. Let me do it that way. When Vooch gets back, Everything will fall back into place and all will be right with the world. And then I promise Bulls fans, you can complain about brand new things and right. we'll be right here and to smile with you on it. <laughs> look, it's not like it's not like either of us are saying you can't be frustrated or mad about that yeah. loss. You absolutely can be. You absolutely. know, just reamed him a new one for 10 turnovers in a quarter. That's unacceptable. Yeah. But you learn from it and you move on while doing your best, I beg you, to maintain just a little bit of perspective. Because, like, you know what's worse? You know what's worse than, oh, my God, Caruso had to play 38 minutes last night because we don't have Vooch. You know what's worse than that? Oh, my God, Archie had to play 38 minutes tonight because we didn't have Wendell. (laughs) And forward. (laughs) Guys, please, never, never forget the just a little bit of perspective when you're just, like, lighting Twitter on fire with, yeah. we got to trade this guy. This guy sucks. What a terrible loss. The world is ending. Bad loss. Guys, worst. we're about to come home from a five-game West, West Coast road trip, gauntlet of an opening to the Bulls schedule, mm-hmm. and at worst, we're coming home 10 and 6. Mm. 10 Who and 6. That? Who had that? Anybody? Raise your hands. <laughs> Who had that? Who had that? Who had it? No, nobody had it. Nobody had it, man. Who had them beating the Lakers? Who had them beating the Clippers back to back? Who had that? Nobody had that, man. Listen, they were six and three, Matt, coming into that game, but in their last nine games. And like you said, through the gauntlet that they've been going through, they were six 
and three. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say three and six. I said six and three in those games, guys. This is a good thing. This is good. You're not, every game's not going to be pretty. You're going to have bad games. And when they have bad games, you're going to do what Matt and I did, and you're going to ream them a new one for the mistakes that they made out there. Right. But, we, but you have to do it with perspective. It can't be burn everything down because they had a bad game. No, it was, dude, you had a bad game. We know that ain't y'all. We know right. y'all better than this. Let's do it better the next game against the Nuggets, all right? Now, let's go in. Boom, let's do it. But my God, don't stop burning the house down. Put the matches down, all right? Mm-mm. No, this is this is a nice little house that AK and Eversley have built. Let's treat it oh, with respect, yeah. shall we? Yes, yes, uh, we get the conclusion to the West Coast road trip Friday night in Denver against Jokic, mm. the reigning MVP, Ooh. and the Nuggets. Uh, another big test. If they can win that one, oh. come home three and two on this road trip, man. Uh, awesome momentum. Ooh. And then, of course, the weekend concludes with a rematch against oh. D Rose, Tibbs, and the Knicks. Can't wait for that one as well. But be- between now and then, we'll have a voicemail episode for you guys on Friday to lead y'all into the weekend. If you want to be a part of the conversation on Lockdown Bulls, hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. And you can always find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. Dave is at BowBWL Sports. We are at Rock on Bulls. For Dave, I am Matt. Thanks, as always, for listening and watching. Subscribe, if you haven't already, on YouTube. Love y'all. See Red, be good. Peace out. Try again Friday. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.